And a very good day to you. This is Pastor Mark with Touch of God. Great to have you with us again this week. And we're continuing the series on the believer's identity in Christ, in Jesus the Christ. And we promised that we would uh, continue with Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 4, uh, this week in our teaching. Uh, but just before we do, I wanted to re-emphasize a verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 2. And I've been using this uh, quite frequently in prayer for different people, especially recently, because it is very freeing. It's literally telling how we are now free as believers in Jesus. It says in verse 2 of chapter 8 of the book of Romans in the English Standard Version, ESV, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. I'll read that again. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You are free from all of the chains that you once had around you, all those chains that held you captive. You felt like you were in prison. You were in a jail cell. You felt that you were all by yourself. You felt that you were in a, a, a trapped that there was no way out, that you could not escape sin because you thought sin had gotten the grip uh, with you and there was no escaping sin. There was no escaping addictions to drugs and alcohol and everything else we can get addicted to. But Christ Jesus, Jesus, what Jesus did, he has set us free. And it's for the law of the Spirit, and that's that's a capital S, Spirit of life. That's God's Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of the Lord. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Uh, The law of lift supersedes the law of gravity when an airplane goes down the runway and gets to a sufficient speed where it's able to take off into the air. So if you imagine both laws exist, the law of gravity, keeping the airplane down on the runway until a sufficient time, a sufficient speed where there's enough lift coming across the wind, some air, the the, the air pressure, the amount of air coming across the wing and under the wing, and the law of lift supersedes is more powerful than or overrides the law of gravity to a point where the airplane is no longer pulled by gravity to the earth, so much so that it has to remain on the ground. But the law of lift supersedes the law of gravity and the airplane is able to lift off into the air. Now, that doesn't mean that the law of gravity, while the plane is in the air, is of null effect. It's still trying to pull the plane down, but the plane is going at a sufficient speed and the wings are at a certain angle that it stays in the air and is able to climb and descend at will. In a similar fashion, but not exactly the same, the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and of death, according to verse 2 of chapter 8 in Romans. 
So the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus. It has superseded the law of sin and death. That does not mean that the law of sin and death can still come after you unless you deliberately turn away from the Lord and you and you want to do evil things. But like we've been discussing in previous episodes of this program, if you're born again of the Spirit of the Lord and you have God's Spirit living and working in you, both to will and to do His good pleasure and what God wants to do through you, you're the image of God, remember. If you had that nature of God living in you by His Spirit, you would not want to sin. And if you do sin, as we've discussed recently, you you would hate the sin that you just committed. And we said last week and the week before, if you slip, it's it's not a terrible thing as long as you immediately repent, immediately go to the Lord and ask him for forgiveness or ask the other person as well, if there's another person involved, for forgiveness for your act against them. But know that the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus only because the believer is in Christ with their new identity. That Jesus is the the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way, the only truth, and the only life, and the only way to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So there is no other way that you could have escaped the law of sin and death, all that bondage, and your ultimate destruction in hell. But if it wasn't for Christ Jesus and God allowing you by his grace and his mercy to give you the choice to believe in his son Jesus, to receive him with all of your heart and believe in him, you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. You confess Jesus as Lord. And Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if both of those things are true, then we are saved. It also, it also goes on to say in verse 10 that for those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We need Jesus. We need to call upon him. Do, don't we need him every day for everyday life? We cannot just use Jesus at the point of salvation. We must make him Lord every day. Jesus came to be your Savior one time, but he came also to be your Lord every day, every hour of every day. And me included, we are all continuing to move forward and to focus our will on doing God's will and being who God says we are according to his word. So Romans chapter 8 verse 2, I encourage you to memorize this verse and to repeat it every so often during your day because it is the it is a, a great verse that shows the difference between the darkness and the light and what Jesus has done and what God's grace has done for you and I in rescuing us from sin and death. So we said we would continue with Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Even as he chose us, remember God chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons 
through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Let's stop right there. Verse 5, in love, verse 5, he predestined us. While he was thinking about you, before you even existed in your mother's womb, before he formed the foundation of the world, in verse 4, he chose us, and in love he predestined us. While he was thinking about you, while he was loving you. Yes, it's possible for God to know you before you became uh, a, a, a physical being in your mother's womb because God is outside of time. He knows the beginning from the end. You're amazing in his sight. No matter what you've done, he loves you, he adores you, he treasures you. You are precious to him. He cherishes you, and he cherishes everything about you, except those things that we shouldn't be doing, which is sinning. So that's why we have to immediately, when we slip, go to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm sorry I let you down. I'm sorry I sinned against you. Please forgive me. Please wash me with your blood. Cleanse me. Cleanse my conscience of all unrighteousness. And believer, believe at that point that you are truly instantly forgiven because the Bible says that uh, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that if we confess our sins, that he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So if you believe the Bible is true, then we cannot continue to pay penance, to blame, uh, to, to pay for our own sins in our own way, to condemn ourselves, to walk around thinking that we are paying for our sins for a certain number of days uh, with our head held low to the floor. God says, enough. My son paid for you to be whole, to be healed, to be redeemed, to be forgiven, for me to not remember your sins. Lift your head held high. Lift it up. You are my son. You are my daughter. You are precious to me. Now let's go. I need to work through you. It is my will that I want to do through you, not your own will, the Lord would say to you. The Lord would say, I want to heal all these people. I paid for their healing. Now I want you to lay hands so that they shall recover. I want to do all these things through you. My works shall be done through you according to the degree that you allow me to flow through you and allow me to do these things and to love on people. He loves you so much. In love, he predestined you. Verse 5, for adoption. We talked about this before. You're no longer an orphan. You're no longer a child of the devil. You're, you're adopted to God himself, to your creator. You got back to where... We should have been, and you should have been, had you not sinned at the at the tree. We all sinned at the tree. Amen. Adam and Eve sinned at the tree, but we are of that lineage. It was our brother and sister of a long time ago that sinned at that tree that they shouldn't have done. They ate of that fruit. But we have now been redeemed. Those of us who believe in Jesus have received him as our Savior and our Lord. According to the purpose of his will. So you know. That because you're adopted, because you're predestined, because you're chosen by him, his will is a good has a it's good, it's not evil. 
His will is not just good. He has lavished. He has lavished the riches of his grace. And we'll get to that in verse 8. He has lavished so much upon us. His love. My goodness. The purpose of his will. We understand now in verse 5 that God's will is good. If we didn't already know that. And we know that Jesus upon the earth went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. According to Acts 10 verse 38. And in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. It says that Jesus is the exact representation, the exact nature of the Father. So we should be in no doubt as to how good the Father is, just like the Son, just like the Holy Spirit. In verse 6, it says, To the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. We are the Beloved. He has blessed us in the body of Christ collectively. Verse 7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood. The blood of the Father, Son, Jesus, has redeemed us, has is reconciled, has reconciled us back to God by his by the, our spirit. Our old spirit is now dead. God regenerated us and gave us a brand new spirit. We are born again. We are saved. We have been redeemed through his blood. Only the blood of Jesus could have obtained this inheritance for us. And then it goes on to say, the forgiveness of our trespasses. And you, like me, we have many thousands upon thousands of trespasses across our life. We really shouldn't have done these things, but we should not be paying for these sins and trespasses ourselves today. We should be realizing that even though we never deserved it, God, in his infinite mercy and grace, which he bestowed upon us, lavished, lavished us with, has sent his son, Jesus, to the cross so that you would be redeemed and I would be redeemed. We would be saved and that we would have our identity restored to the way God always wanted it to be. Sons, his sons and daughters, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us. And if you look in the dictionary, or at least the dictionary I looked in, and you may have a a different dictionary, but... The definition for lavished says bestow something in generous or extravagant quantities on. Bestow something in generous or extravagant quantities on. So he has bestowed upon us extravagant and generous quantities of his grace, the riches of his grace. In all wisdom, verse 8 in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him. God is a uniter. God is a reconciler. Amen. He brings things together that are broken. He heals the brokenhearted so that the heart no longer looks broken or shattered anymore. He wants to heal your broken heart today, my brother, my sister. It's okay to cry. It's okay to grieve and mourn. It's okay to 
to come to the Lord with all of your sadness and your broken heart, because Jesus is the one who wants to put you back together again, to heal your heart. And really, who better than the one who created your heart to heal it and to mend it and to repair it and to reconcile it back to the way it really should be, a heart full of joy and happiness. God wants to heal you today. He wants you not to dwell on the past. He doesn't want you to think about all those old things that you, you know, you're thinking to yourself, if only I would have done my life differently. God does not want you to think that way anymore. He never did want you to think that way. He wants you to think the way of today. He doesn't want you look backing, uh, looking back to yesterday. He wants to, you to, and he doesn't want you to look at the future Remember, tomorrow will have enough problems of its own, according to Jesus in Matthew chapter 6. God wants you to look at today, at this very moment, because there's no rush to get to the next minute, and there's no need to look back at the last minute. You're in this minute, this 60-second period right now, with God, right there with you, dwelling inside you, wanting to communicate with you, You have a heavenly Father. You have Jesus, your precious Lord and Savior. And you have the precious Holy Spirit, the Comforter from heaven that came to the earth because Jesus ascended. And now God dwells within you, in the temple within your body. That is where God, God is no longer in the Ark of the Covenant. God is within you because you are the, have the temple. You are the precious soul. You are the precious one that God wants to inhabit, to flow through, for you to become as he is. Because the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. So as Jesus is, so are we, so are you in this world. And God wants us to be more like Jesus every day. God wants us to talk like Jesus talks. And that's meaning to decree and declare God's word and God's truth and to demonstrate the kingdom to people who don't know Jesus. But first and foremost, God wants this relationship with you because Jesus died for you to be reconciled and for there to be no gap, no um, chasm, between you and and God anymore. But you and God, Spirit, are one. You are one with the Lord. And God wants to talk to you. He wants to speak to you all the time. He wants to for you to talk to Him, to pray to Him, to seek Him with all of your heart. He wants you to call upon Him so He will answer you. He wants you to read His Word. God has paid a very, very high price to to get to get to the point where you are you have his spirit living within you, that you are no longer going to destruction in hell when you breathe your last breath, whenever that will be. And God had wants you to be who you now are, who God created you to be. And that's one of the primary reasons that we spend most of the time on this radio program talking about your identity in Christ, because if you don't know who you are, you won't act who you're supposed to be. You won't act every day the way God sees you that you are supposed to act like. You will act somewhat deficient, somewhat at a lower level, uh, 
and the enemy will use that and exploit your lack of understanding. And you will be susceptible, you will be more likely to agree with lies of the devil, Satan, and his demons, than you will be to agree and confess the truth of the Word of God, which is the Spirit of life. Because it's the Word of God that sets you free. It's it's whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Whom Jesus sets free is free indeed. It is so important, and I cannot, exp- I cannot express this to you in words, whether it's in English or any other language, Swahili, Spanish. No words can, can, can illustrate the depth of God's love for you today. You see on the TV films like the Jesus of Nazareth, you see the Passion of Christ, you see the Bible even. You read the Word of God. You see John 3.16. You you learn about the sacrifice that Jesus made at the cross at Calvary. But you see Jesus hanging on the cross. You see him going through all this pain and suffering, and you see the blood. You see the thorns. You see the nails. But in your heart, you can you can sense somewhat of an understanding of how much God loves you, but we will never understand the full magnitude, the full depth of how much God truly loves you. And it's amazing. Uh, we will never be able to comprehend that until uh, perhaps we we are face-to-face with him in heaven one day. And um, But in the meantime, God is able to show us his love. And, and very often we will feel in our hearts an overwhelming sense of his love. But do not, uh, do not believe that that is the extent of his love. His love goes much bigger than how you could ever feel in your heart about that. He's just giving you a small portion as an example. Uh, he loves you much more than you could ever imagine. And so what we do here is we, we, we look at verse 10 as it says, As a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, in in things in heaven and things on the earth. So God is a reconciler. God wants to bring back that which is broken and needs healing and needs reconciliation and redemption. Amen. And in verse 11, it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. There goes his will again. His will is mentioned. His will, his his desires, his his direction, his vision, his goals, his 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 heart. Verse twelve, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And verse thirteen, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised. Holy Spirit, you were sealed, sealed, not just like you seal an envelope, but you, brethren, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, the Comforter. Verse 14, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for ascending 
let alone, Lord, going to the cross, going to the whipping post for our healing, going to the cross for our salvation, our sins, our redemption, Lord. Thank you for ascending so that we may receive the promise of the precious Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that dwells within every believer. And Lord, let every believer receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that the cup overflows and is not just filled to the rim, but there are rivers of living waters that will come from people's bellies that are listening today. That will be the life, that spirit of life that we talked about earlier in the program, flowing out of their bellies, shall flow rivers, plural, more than one river, out of their bellies, Lord, these listeners, these precious listeners today, these precious souls, my dearest brothers and sisters in Christ, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living waters, not just for them to feel good, Lord, this will be for them to demonstrate your power for the, to the unbelievers, but also, Lord, to help edify their own souls and their bodies to be healed, as well as to lay, for them to lay hands on the sick so that they will move in power upon Mukuru, upon the rest of Kenya, throughout East Africa, throughout the continent of Africa. And we just thank you today, Lord, that your, your Holy Spirit dwells within us. And you, Lord Jesus, you, Father, you dwell within us. And we are blessed to have you within our temples, in our bodies. Lord, I thank you, Lord. Allow our listeners to understand the truth of your word. How important it is, Lord, for them to read your word and realize who they are in you. But the precious promises, Lord, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14 that we read out today. Lord, that they would understand these verses as well as Romans chapter 8, verse 2. This, For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. We thank you, Lord, today for these freeing verses, these truths, and the fact that your Son, Jesus, has set us free as we believe in him. We bless you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I speak the life, the spirit of life over your bodies today. In Jesus' name, I command that spirit of life to heal you of all sickness and disease from head to toe, of every part of your body being completely restored back to the way God expects it to be, which is in divine health. Healing is Jesus' method to get you back to the way you should be, which is walking in divine health with no sickness. So I thank you, Lord, today. I bind up every sickness and disease, and we just thank you, Lord right now, that they are healed, they are made whole, right now, under the sound of my voice, in Jesus' name, amen. We are on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash touchofgodradio. We're also at the touchofgodradio.org, that's where our website is, and you can email us at touchofgodradio at gmail.com, touchofgodradio at gmail.com, and until next week, have a blessed week and meditate on those verses. God bless you. Amen.